following program is from the KDRT Archives. Chance love airways gets you there on time. 
Here's a song you might not have heard all that many times because we've never recorded this song. That's right. I wish what we would. What is wrong with us? We it. wrote this. Tracy wrote this song, actually. And, uh, it's recording. Well, all right. We're going to record it right now. It's going over the air live. Hi, everybody out there.
say that was a successful recording. Tracy Walton, song that she wrote, Mumbo Gumbo from last November, recorded live, obviously. You're tuned to 95.7 KDRT in Davis, California. My name is Jim. This is Live Tracks for the 563rd original program. Thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for your support also during the on-air fundraising last week. If you feel like sending us any feedback, things that you'd like to hear, thing, we can always ignore it, but, <laughs> but we like the contact. Yeah. So let us know what you think about having a local nonprofit community radio station. And if you didn't send in any support, meaning money, uh, last week, it's not too late. Because Davis Media Access Annual Appeal is continuing throughout the month of May and on into June. Davis Media Access is the license holder for KDRT. And you can always donate at davismedia.org forward slash donate. For tonight's program, I thought I'd do the equivalent of having comfort food. <laughs> so I started out with that song there, brand new one from Mumbo Gumbo. And I'll be continuing with another song from them, just coming up next. I'm also going to play a fair amount of Beatles stuff, but perhaps as I sometimes do, it won't be what maybe you would expect. So I'll be doing that in and out of tonight's show for the next two hours. And I'll throw in some other local recordings and thoughts on the world, the planet, and... Oh, I don't know. Let's see. How about the last blockbuster on the planet recently closed? So I'll go into that, too. For the next song here, for all of you out there that find yourself in a situation that's perhaps less than ideal, and you're looking back and you think, boy, if I had only done fill-in-the-blank differently, well, it's too late for that. But perhaps this will be some inspiration for you. This is KDRT in Davis. Thank <laughs> you. 
Well, I'm working hard at the art of doing nothing. I'm just sitting here staring at whatever passes by. I'm exercising my free will. I'm gonna master the art of being still. Who knew it all could be such a Of doing 
of doing nothing. <laughs> Just hanging out with all of you and feeling really connected to my community. <laughs> really grateful for my townspeople. And the people beyond and all of us are all together now. And we care about each other and we love each other. And when our hearts are broke, remember, love is thicker than smoke. like the Beatles, who could entertain and so completely captivate their audience. But the Beatles think of themselves only as entertainers. John Babcock offers this explanation. Being nonconformists in the areas such as dress and hairstyle doesn't imply any desire to be a style setter. In fact, the opposite is the case. Beatles styles are for John, Paul, George, and Ringo, not every Tom, Dick, and Harry. And using the same basic philosophy, the Beatles don't want to be called upon to make any sociological judgments, foreign policy statements, or take public stands on any non-show business subject. They are firm believers that everybody is responsible for himself, and in their own cases feel that that's a full-time job. Specifically, John Lennon pegged the Beatle feeling this way when asked about what responsibility he felt, realizing that many youngsters mimic all Beatle behavior. No, we just sort of behave as normally as we can, you know. We don't feel as though we should preach this and tell them that, you know, let them do what they like. If the offstage Beatles feel somewhat impersonal toward the public, the public never seems impersonal when it comes to the Beatles. People either like the Beatles or dislike the Beatles, but indifference is almost never discovered. For those who like the Beatles, the feeling may run to high emotion, such as a victim of Beatlemania, or perhaps a more subdued but loyal response such as this. They give the teenagers something in the way of nonconformity, and I think every teenager, well, that's what they look for. Especially in this day and age, they stress nonconformity, and that's what the Beatles are. Of course, there are sometimes distraught fathers who shake their heads in confused disbelief after watching their daughters wilt under the emotional strain of idol worship. Ah, it's a mob, you know, they're just a part of the mob. I mean, they're, they're monkey see, monkey do, so they come running, that's all, just like a bunch of monkeys, you know? And let's not forget some of those adult mothers who accompany youngsters to airport fan club rallies. You look like a housewife. Are you out here to see the Beatles? Oh, you must be kidding. My husband's coming in. Otherwise, do you think I'd fight this motley crew? But whether you're a fan or a critic, Beatlemania is a reality. And as Longfellow once advised, for after all, the best thing one can do when it's raining 
is to let it rain. You say you will love me. All right. Come on now, let's have some rain dancing.
which, when fed to the youth of the world, brings on Beatlemania. song is called Boys. The boy singing is called Ringo. He's called Ringo because of his passion for wearing lots of rings. Ringo is the most recent addition to the group, and he's also the oldest member. Ringo's friends call him Richie, a name he picked up in Dingle, one of the toughest areas of Liverpool, often compared to New York's storied Hell's Kitchen. The cobbled streets and ancient buildings which surrounded his terraced home didn't hide the bomb craters which were left there in 1940, the year of Ringo's birth. Richie went to St. Silas School in Dingle, but dropped out at the age of six because of appendicitis. He had complications which resulted in hospitalization for a year. Recovering, he went back and started all over again. But at the age of 13, a cold got away from him. He developed pleurisy while on a trip to London. Rushed back to his Liverpool home, he spent another year in the hospital. That ended schooling, and Ringo went to work in an engineering company. In 1959, around Christmas time, Ringo got his first drum kit. He was 18 at the time. Ringo, the smallest member of the group, standing five feet eight inches tall, joined John, Paul, and George in the pre-dawn era of Beatlemania, complete with beard. The beard was shaved, his sideburns saved, and the transformation began. Rule number one, forget the haircuts. And this he did. In fact, so successfully that some observers began to believe that his brown-haired locks were longer than those of George. No, George's is longer than mine. Yeah, mine's a scruffy mess. <laughs> Although Ringo has been involved in the Beatle Mad movement for over a year, he is still amazed at the impact the group has made. In Ringo's words, none of us have quite grasped what it's all about yet. It's washing over our heads like some huge tidal wave. But we're young, and youth is on our side. And it's youth that matters right now. I don't care about politics or anything, just people. 
and the people certainly seem to care about the Beatles. As Ringo puts it, we're international figures. Everyone wants to investigate us and get inside us and try to understand what makes a Beatle tick. They send big writers down to talk to us, writers who say they want to talk to us about our sociological significance. In Birmingham, there were dozens of policemen controlling screaming fans at the studio doors while we rehearsed a television program. Well, Ringo says, if they didn't scream, I guess we wouldn't be where we are today. But don't ask me to explain it, for Ringo is not one for explanation, or for that matter, talking either. You see, Ringo is the quiet one. He sits at his drums like some Buddhist idol and wears a worried frown more often than a smile. Once in a while, he lets a smile shatter his melancholy, saying, I'm not really miserable, it's just me face. Ringo considers his initiation into the group as the greatest single event of his life. To him, the taste of success means that his mother doesn't have to work anymore. He takes great pleasure in providing those things for his mother, which increase her happiness. Beatle manager Brian Epstein considers Ringo a tremendous blossoming talent and goes a step further to say, I think he will prove to have great acting ability, probably the greatest of the four.
Liverpool, a poor but proud British seaport, which took more pride in her history than hope for her future, has lifted her head. Instead of the somber rattle of poverty echoing faintly from her old cobblestone street, sounds which mixed with the fading ship's horns and pulsating organ-like police sirens, there's now a sound of hope. It started less than a decade ago in the cellars of Liverpool's Beat Generation dives. It was the sound of a new music, and it's lifted the spirits and hopes of a whole city while entertaining the world. The Beatles, of course, are the best known of the Liverpool musical groups. And none of the Beatles get to spend as much time in their Liverpool homes as they would wish. But wherever the Beatles are, Liverpool is with them in spirit. And it works the other way around, too. This is the biography of Beatlemania. There you go. So consider that 50 years ago this week in Beatles history or month or year, whatever, decade. That was pretty cool. That worked out. All right, started out that set of music there with Mumbo Gumbo singing The Art of Doing Nothing. Followed that with... A 19, I'm going to say it's about 1964 or 5. It's from Capitol Records. It's called The Beatles Story. It's a double album, gatefold cover. In the old days, we could have used this to clean the seeds out of our weed. Nice little groove here in the center to capture seeds and funnel them out. But, of course, now... Everything's seedless and will blow the top of your head off. But that's for another night. Followed that up with Wild Wild Ride. Again, Mumbo Gumbo. Ringo. A little bit of a biography there on Ringo and him making a couple of comments. And then finished up there with a song from an under rated movie that came out. It was in the 80s. The print is so darn small. I'm going to say about 1984 is when this was this came out. Give My Regards to Broad Street. And if you've never seen the movie and you're a Beatles fan, you should go see it because actually a lot of it was filmed, I believe, in and around in different parts of England. And it doesn't have much of a plot, but the Beatles movies never really did. And there's a lot of Paul McCartney in there, some of Ringo. And it's just a kind of an interesting little story. Now, that song that I decided to play there has a legacy to it, which I wanted to bring up. Out in Los Angeles, you've probably heard of the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew was a number of musicians that played on literally thousands of hits that were recorded in uh, L.A., in the late 50s on into the through the 60s and starting in the early 70s the original lineup changed and it morphed to a different group of of uh, first call session musicians but it kept going so when this album was being put together 
The producer of it was George Martin, who produced virtually all of the Beatles albums. It was arranged by Paul McCartney and George Martin. It was engineered by Jeff Emmerich, who started out at EMI. Uh, Parlophone as the label for the Beatles, but he worked for EMI and he did all kinds of recordings, eventually leaving uh, and then uh, coming back to do the Beatles' last album, which was recorded in the summer of 1969. So it was engineered by Jeff Emmerich and others. And the lineup of musicians on that song, Silly Love Songs, is Paul McCartney on electric harpsichord and vocal and Steve Lukather on guitar and vocal and Jeff Porcaro on drums. Now, Jeff Porcaro and Steve Lukather were both <clears throat> first call session musicians that played on a number of different recordings. Steve Lukather just recently released a book, which is a very good read about the music industry as he saw it. He came of age, oh, in the probably mid-70s. He was a late teenager. He was out of high school, and he was just a professional musician and took it from there. Steve Lukather has been traveling now for the last few years with Ringo Starr. When Ringo Starr goes out and does his all-star band, Steve is along for that Luke, he is called. And then to round out the lineup, I don't recognize some of these names, but others of you out there might. So, uh, oh, Jeff Porcaro, I should also mention on drums, um, he uh, was part of the band Toto at one point in his life. Lewis Johnson was on bass, great bass line there. Linda McCartney on keyboards and vocals and horns. Lawrence Williams, Thomas Ferguson, Charles Lofer, and Jerry Hay were actually on the horns, uh, drums, I mean, uh, trumpets, and whatever was in there. So there you go. Um, it's actually, yeah, probably kind of, if you can have a pop music equivalent of a movie, this is one of them, but it's kind of fun, and if you're burned out on all of the different cop shows and everything else that's so grim on television. Hey, all I can say is grab a six-pack of cool recreational beverages of choice and plant yourself in front of the tube and, and uh, watch Give My Regards to Broad Street. You'll feel much better in the morning. So that's that for that set of music. I'll be revisiting some more of Paul McCartney's works. As I go through the evening, Paul McCartney will be having a birthday coming up here in just a few weeks. So I thought maybe I'd go ahead and play some of his stuff dates way back. Again, this is sort of comfort food night. Comfort music night for live tracks. big thank you again to the community supporters, Woodstock's Pizza, Sophia's Thai Kitchen, Berryessa Brewing for their support of our fundraiser week. Special thanks to the local band Nickel Slots, Boot Juice, and Make No Bones 
for their support as well. Roger Kunkel and Hot Pursuit, which is uh, led by Calvin Handy, a jazz group, and uh, Didar Singh Khalsa. Okay, that was supposed to play over there at Sophia's Thai Kitchen, but the weather set in, so it will be rescheduled, and you can stay tuned here for that. We'll let you know when that's going to be. All those bands and businesses helped support KDRT during their fundraising. Uh, I did hear that the Nickel Slots will be playing here in Davis tentatively. Uh, I've, I've heard this from members of the band in September in uh, performance over at Thursday Live at the Odd Fellows Hall. So I'm really looking forward to getting them in front of my microphones one more time. It will have been almost 10 years since the last time that I recorded them when I get a chance to do it again. Great bunch of guys. All right. Enough talking. Um, I kind of have been feeling a little edgy about things. I don't know. Maybe you do too. Um, Seems like we kind of uh, collectively have gotten ourselves into uh, a rut mentally where everything is so intense and there's studies out about everything. And I'm not seeing a whole lot of humor except really like in-your-face, edgy humor. So uh, I'm going to go ahead here and just dabble, see what I can come up with to get your funny bone tickled just a little bit. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting KDRT here in Davis, California. No, I'm no longer a hero. I'm, I'm not going to make it through the eye of the zero, so just say goodbye to me. Say goodbye to the whole damn 20th century when a man could drive 140 right over the edge. So could a camel. You'd have your top down and your shades up, sucking gas and sugar out of a little icy green bottle, burning a nail strong enough to blow you down over the border. And a Barbie beside you who throws away the lettuce and eats the burger. Just goodbye to all that. Bye-bye to me. Just blow it all away. And smoke. The air is so clean. Sometimes. gold with the ways of a gentleman I've been told. A kind of a guy that wouldn't even harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met that guy that invented that cigarette I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. Well it ain't cause I don't smoke myself and I don't reckon they hit any hell I'll smoke all my life but I ain't dead yet. But nicotine slaves are all the same out of that party or local game everything's gotta stop on having a cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to tell, tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate. You just hate to make it play. You just gotta have another cigarette. 
chance the other night. Old Dame Fortune was a treat me right there. Cakes and queen just kept on coming around. Well, I do full and I better mind, but my bluff wasn't working on a certain guy. Just kept on raising and laying that money down. He'd raise me and I'd raise him. I'm a sweating blood. You got to take a swim and find the call dead raise the bed. I said, Ace hey, is full, pal. How about you? Is that son I tell you? I've been in a tube, but right now I gotta have me another cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death, tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate, you just hate to make it wave. You just gotta have another cigarette. Come on, boys, swing out. States, a real hybrid and kind of an uptown girl. She loved me, and it seemed to be that things were about like they ought to be. So hand in hand we walked out lovers lane. She was oh so far from a block of ice, and our pet party was going real nice. So help me, fellas, I think I'd have been there yet. But I gave her a kiss and a little squeeze. She said, Oh, honey, excuse me, please, and it's gotta have another cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Come on, boys, bring it down a little bit. I want to take this moment to introduce the band real quick before we got a couple more songs left before Mumbo Gumbo comes up. All the way on my right, stage right, your left, Vincent Montoya. Just to his left, can't figure out whether he wants to live in Rosemont or Davis, Robert Meyer. Just to his left, my beautiful wife, Lorianne Blanchard. The Cadillac of country music singers. In the middle, with the sticks and the one can, the mayor of Rosemont, president of the Citrus Collective, Eric Crownover. To my right, the smoothest man in Davis, known far and wide, Roger Kunkel. I'll take my hat off to you all. My name is Mike Blanchard, and we're the Californios. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to give back. This is a very meaningful cause to all of us, so thank you. Here we go with the chain. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death, tell St. Peter and the Golden Gate, you just had to make it wave. You just gotta have another cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself, you can just a bitter in the golden gate. You just hate to make it wave. You just gotta have another cigarette. 
time for a bright light to pierce the conspiratorial darkness. No, I'm not afraid to talk about it, so don't come up on me. I'm Harold Hipugger with Night Whispers. Night Whispers. Good evening. I'm here beneath the biggest party of the millennium under the stands at Homeless Stadium. And it's uh, time for Fun Fun Town's... Uh, most controversial radio broadcast. And my only guest tonight, well, I suppose I'm actually his guest, uh, General Y2K, commander of the Present. last minute men. Uh, Y2K, that's not your, your real name, is it, Mildew? These are the last minutes of the last hours of the last century, Hipugger. Mm. The countdown for liberty has begun, yes, and before the nameless faces of the new world order can pull the switch, I'm pulling it. Well, that's fascinating, General. Uh, I was napping you... poolside at the Gulf War Swimdrome when the government put a chip in my ass, oh. and I'm not going to take it sitting down. Oh. It's high noon, daylight slavery time, <laughs> and as of now, you taking your orders from us. And that means me. Well, you hold right on to that thought, General, because I've got some ant farms to sell here. As you know, dear friends, these DOA ant farms are a lot safer than the Scorpion Survival Yo-Yos we offered last week. What the hell's a survival yo-yo? They've got a little compass in them. They got a knife? No, no. If you want a knife, that's the Swiss Army Scorpion Survival Yo-Yo. You're giving me a brain cramp. Anyway, dear friends, these ant farms are an easy care miracle. No food, no water required, because all these little monsters are dead on arrival under the sand at the bottom of the box. Just send $29.99 gold or silver coin only to post office box I-210, Donkey Dump, Utah. So, General Waituki, you're giving the orders, you say? Right. The one. I want to order one of those ant farms. We don't have to do that. I'll give you this one. Okay. Two. No, I can only the, give you the one because it's No, 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 it's no, 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 okay, then B, B. 
All washing machines, rice cookers, bread makers, coffee makers, chainsaws, and dust suckers are to be destroyed. The chainsaws? No. Well, well, not chainsaws, but everything else. Well, tell us why, can you, General? <laughs> they're all time-saving devices, aren't they? And who's getting the time they're saving? You know, I think action speaks louder than words. Lights up. All right, men. Huh? Let's massacre those Mr. Coffees. <laughs> now, now we'll make coffee the old cowboy way. Boil it up in your hat. What was the point of that, General? You don't know from Doodly Squad, do you, puke? Those 50 little bubbling bastards we just terminated saved the enemy three minutes a day. We just took back 150 minutes, and that doesn't suck! Uh, it took them back from, from who? The from gaggle whom? of maggots in the eyeball hats. No, right, no, man? No, no, no. Those eyeball hats are a novelty item. I, I've got a, a very good deal on them coming up later in the Negatory, show. Negatory, Hal. My men torched the eyeball warehouse this morning. We nuked them till they glowed and shot. Oh, the dark. no, all my tax records were in that warehouse. Look, let's just go.
95.7, this is Low Power FMKDRT in Davis, California. Started out that set of music, Smokin' Joe says farewell, Smokin' Joe Camel. Got up there in front of the audience, millennium was ending, he only had two stomachs left. He was hitting the road in his convertible burden a big fat one heading down the road <laughs> follow that up with uh, as they put it so aptly there a cautionary tale as the Californios with the classic smoke that cigarette going out of body sale well that's something new I'm sure the second half of this Century will probably manage to uh, come up with something like that. Your headless body farm. That's right. So get your parts replaced. I can just almost imagine the commercials as they would appear in holographic form, of course. And let's see, by then we'll be up to, uh, let's see, G22 wireless it'll have some like in crazy terabyte speed per second and immolate birds that fly in the path of the microwaves or whatever it is that's sending this stuff to your house and from your house or your pod or whatever it is that people are living in then <laughs> right and Waiting for a Miracle. Interesting song to put in that mix. The Muddy Waiters with a very, very good song there. Waiting for a Miracle from last October. Recorded outdoors over at Robin's Nest. Night Whispers, once again, Firesign Theater. And then Hurricane Inside. That song there is the product of the songwriting team of John Swallow and Greg McRitchie. And the name of the band is Hurricane Inside. And quite regrettably, the services for John Swallow were just held in Los Angeles this past weekend. He passed away altogether too young. And so he will be missed, I'm sure, by Greg, especially his musical partner, song they wrote, Willow. And that brings us back to now. So I thought maybe I'd pull something out here before I get back to... my uh, last big blast of music for the evening. This is something that caught my eye, came across my desk, stated March 18 of this year, 2019. 
Oregon blockbuster outlasts others to become last on earth. This is out of Bend, Oregon. It says here there are challenges that come with running the last blockbuster video on the planet. The computer system must be rebooted using floppy disks that only the general manager knows how to use. The dot matrix printer broke, so employees write out membership cards by hand, and the store's business transactions are backed up on a reel-to-reel -reel tape that can't be replaced because Radio Shack went out of business. Goes on to say none of that has kept this franchise in an Oregon strip mall from thriving as the advent of on-demand movie streaming laid waste all around it. When a blockbuster in Australia shut its doors for the last time March 31st, the Bend store is the only one left on earth. Quote, it's pure stubbornness for one. We didn't want to give in, said the general manager, Sandy Harding, who has worked at the franchise for 15 years. We did everything we could to cut costs and keep ourselves relevant. A tight budget meant no money to update the surviving store. That's paying off now, it says, with a nostalgia factor that stops first-time visitors of a certain age in their tracks. The popcorn ceilings, low fluorescent lighting, wire metal video racks, and the ubiquitous yellow and blue ticket stub logo that was a cultural touchstone for a generation. Many people, I think, when they think about renting videos, if they're the right age, they don't remember the movie that they went to pick, but they remember who they went with and that freedom of walking the aisles. In a lot of towns, the Blockbuster was the only place that was open past nine o'clock, and a lot of them stayed open till midnight. So kids who weren't hoodlums would come here and look at movies and fall in love with movies. Customers keep coming back drawn by special touches, like staff recommendations, a wish list for videos to add to the rental selection, and even home delivery for a few special customers who couldn't drive in. Tourists started stopping by to snap selfies, and business picked up. Harding ordered blue and yellow sweatshirts, t-shirts, cups, magnets, bumper stickers, hats, and stocking caps from local vendors emblazoned with the words, the last blockbuster in America, and they flew off the shelves. I miss quite a bit being able to walk into a Blockbuster or CD store and have that social experience and see people looking at stuff and talking to people. It's something you don't get from the slick presentation of a music service or, you know, from the internet. 
Its newfound fame has been a shot in the arm. Customers stream in to buy $40 sweatshirts, $20 t-shirts, $15 yellow and blue beanies, hand-knit by the manager herself. The store pays Dish Network for the right to use the Blockbuster logo and has several years left on its lease. People regularly send the store boxes of old VHSs and DVDs. They also donate Blockbuster memorabilia, corporate jean jacket, keychains, old membership cards. Recently, Harding had noticed another type of customer that's giving her hope. A new generation of kids, dragged in by their nostalgic parents, who later leave happy holding stacks of rented movies and piles of candy. The siblings bounce from row to row, grabbing Peter Pan, the Lion King, surveying dinosaur cartoons. How could we not stop? It's the last one, said Jerry Gilness and his wife Elizabeth. They were on vacation, in vacation from Memphis, Tennessee. Quote, they need to see that not everything's on the iPad. Yes. All right. When I come back in about a half an hour or so, I'm going to hit a little bit of bottle cap philosophy. I'm going to start out with a very, very, very well written, poignant song from. Stephen Bates and the Mendocino Quartet performing last October over at the Odd Fellows Hall. And then after that, folks, going to play as much as I want of Side One of Ram by Paul McCartney. This is Live Tracks, KDRT, Davis, California. satin tie aching in his heart just as big as a bus think about the things don't want to think about much say much she just did what she's told he was a bright spring flower with a heart of glass daddy always thought he was a pain in the ass don't you got some love for me don't you got some love for me don't you got some love for me 
Don't you got some love for me? With a bag in her hand, she got everything she's capable of carrying. The icy wind kisses every line in her face, trying to find some shelter from this lonely place. Shiny and bright, she sees the woman coming in the city lamplight. Feels her body tense as they pass on by. She can hear her singing as she catches her eye. She's singing, Don't you got some love for me? 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 Gotta return, but they don't know when. Gliding across the water neath the shadow of leaves, plays upon their faces with a delicate ease. Sun is sinking low at the hands of the clock. Gather up the blankets that lay in the dark. Back into a world full of sorrow and dark. But that don't mean a thing to this lover's spark. Don't you got some love for me? 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 A little bit of loving would set me free. Don't you got some love for me?
She never knew 
So sorry, Uncle Albert. We're so sorry if we caused you any pain. We're so sorry, Uncle Albert. But there's no one left at home, and I believe I'm gonna rain.
Ram. Paul McCartney, 1971. Started out that set, Stephen Bates wrote the song Love For Me, performed there by the Mendocino Quartet. And after that, Too Many People, Three Legs, Ram On, Dear Boy, Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey, and Smile Away. And that last song especially, you can hear the genesis, the beginning, so to speak, of Paul McCartney's future band Wings. In fact, it's Denny Sewell, Dave Spinoza, and Hugh McCracken that are the other musicians on that album. Wings, I believe, started up sometime around 1974 or so. I could be wrong, but I think that's about the era. Long-time Live Tracks listeners will remember this sound. There's been a philosophy in a bottle cap blackout for way too long. I have in my possession here a couple of these very special round little discs full of philosophy. I'm going to turn one over now and let's see what we get. So I move it over here to the lava lamp, get a little extra light on it. Only a person who risks is free. Read that again. Only a person who risks is free. Written by Anonymous. There's a lot of that out there. I think there's a whole book of Anonymous poetry and words of wisdom. I always wonder who it was, really. I think I'll read the other one. That one was kind of short. Has a nice little point to it, but I'm not sure that it stirs the mental cranium synaptic nerve endings quite as much as I want. Let's see what we got here. Do not be so sweet that people will eat you up, nor so bitter that they will spit you out. Do not be so sweet that people will eat you up, nor so bitter that they will spit you out. And that is a Pashtu folk saying. Hmm. So now I'm going to have to find out who the Pashtu people are. live tracks, KDRT, Davis, California. 